in the vast regions of an uncharted valley, in a majestic place retired and graciously removed from men's destructive nature. A unique breed of a plant named Marla grew happily still. She enjoyed her space. She loved the never-ending interaction with nature daily, and she thanked her creator for her existence and that beautiful place she called home. Marla knew of nothing else. This overwhelming sense of endless beauty made her think of nothing else but happiness and constant gratitude. The sun was always shining, and nothing presented itself as a threat to such a perfect world. There was an almost tattooed smile on her face, and she always shared her best moves every time the wind was strong enough to make her stem move. This cosmic relationship with nature made possible the seemingly surreal act of having the invisible fused to the tangible. Marla's colors were getting brighter as the days went by, noticeably enough to become an inspiration herself. Then, something unexpected and tragic took place in Marla's world, a place we later came to know as Soltheon. A sudden change of matter, gravity, and space produced an atmospheric phenomenon that aggressively attacked Soltheon. These confrontation brought a lot of massive storms and considerable amount of death. Marla sadly witnessed as most of the life forms she joyfully grew up with began to die around her one by one as casualties to these events. Oral tradition and cultural folklore later in time agreed that Marla named that phenomenon. She named it Calamithon. The inspiration from the name is Calamity itself as this was the only thing it brought to Marla's beautiful world. Strange and new feelings began to grow inside Marla's particular soul. She found herself confused by this new way of thoughts and a mirage of never-before-felt emotions. She no longer felt happy, and she no longer felt sad. Marla was angry. An internal consuming energy she had never dealt with before. This rage made her feel nervous and dazed. Her sight was clouded, and her way of thinking changed. Suddenly, the wind that used to help her dance now brought with it lots of debris and particles of destruction with it, causing a lot of pain to Marla upon contact. She did not know what to do, and deep inside her, she knew there was little she could do. This sense of hopelessness made her even angrier to the point that the colors that once used to beautify her began to dim in a painful display of decay. It was at that point in her existence when everything changed. Molki was Marla's friend. He was a younger flower, growing near Marla's sight, not too far away. They spoke every morning and shared points of view, just about every subject there was, and about everything they felt compelled to know a little bit more about. The two learned from each other. Marla's longer living time brought with it maturity and somewhat of validity to everything she said. However, 
Molke's young and pure way of processing information also contributed with its innocence and clean heart. And this time, it was him becoming the voice of reason. He warned Marla about this rage and hate that was growing inside of her. He tried to make her understand that sometimes situations change what and who we are because they probably are meant to be and not necessarily because they represent a direct attack on us. And even if that was not the case, if indeed we were to be confronted with such a vile conflict directed towards any of us individually, carrying a sense of anger and hate towards the event would more than likely make the pain eternal rather than momentaneous. Molkin knew that the ire in Marla's soul was worse than the calamity that represented Calamithon. That evil phenomenon was now gone. Soltheon was now in a natural and unavoidable reconstruction phase. Beauty and life itself always find a way. And although destruction and death were visible and capable of being felt, the sun rose once again and the cycle of this universal dance began all over again. Everyone was being part of it. Everyone except Marla. And this made Molki extremely sad. He tried to make Marla also understand that carrying such a burden could potentially destroy her. He tried to make her understand that bad feelings do not mix with good souls and that this repelling force of nature is a destructive one. As light and shadows could never coexist, neither could love and beauty coexist with hate and life decline. Marla was headed into a very dark and lonely place and only she had the keys to avoid it. Molki knew that if Marla did not change her way of thinking, Calamithon must have already killed her then, even though she was still alive. There is not sufficient information passed on through history about what really took place in Soltheon with Marla and Molki as it relates to Calamithon and these tragic events. But legends and folklore oral traditions say that Marla never recovered from Calamithon's deadly blow. Her anger and fury never subsided, and it broke in constant tears of rage and hate. She cried so much from all these terminal feelings that the soil that once gave her life suddenly became the tomb of her demise. Too much water in the form of her tears in this case acted as if Marla underwent a process of overwatering the ground. This, in turn, eliminated the very few pockets of oxygen that were left for her to live. The lack of oxygen ultimately killed her. Some say, if you happen to visit that gorgeous valley in the eastern coast of Soltheon, there is a small brown dirt patch where life is unable to grow. Many believe this is where Marla once stood and where the consequences of her decisions made a permanent mark. And if we pay attention to this cautionary tale, we can all then easily identify with both Molki and Marla because we can all see ourselves recognizing that we have all met Calamithon one way or the other. 
We have all experienced those tempestuous moments of ire when life seems unfair with us and have made us reconsider the way we think. But what is certainly sure all around us is that the ability to forget and to forgive help us to manage and to go through any storm with ease. We must learn to let go of these unwanted feelings and thoughts that gradually destroy the very essence of who we are in a methodical destructive attack. By hanging on to our emotional and spiritual burdens, we too could potentially overwater our soil and create our own self-destruction. It makes no sense. It hurts to think how painfully slow Martellus' death was, and I do not want to feel that myself. Even worse, it was probably even harder for Mulki to forget how her beautiful friend died in such a way. This is quite frankly easy to understand as well. What we decide to do with forgiveness and our ability to forget the harm that others have brought upon us can quite possibly also affect all the people that truly care about us. They unwillingly become collateral damage of a conflict they were never a part of. So if there is something we can learn from this story, it's to try to find room in our hearts to forgive and to forget, because we are all part of our own Soltian and we need not to become a lifeless patch on the ground. There is so much we can all contribute with, only if we decide to stick to our brighter colors rather than to fade with a passing phenomenon just like a Lamethon. If we do not remove ourselves from that bitterness, we will be repeating Marlis's story. We will continue to soak the ground out of oxygen until we find ourselves emotionally and spiritually dead. Let us consider a change. For you and for those who truly care about you. You are loved regardless and things will get better if you learn to simply let go and live your life to its fullest. I hope this new year helps you get there.